Hallelujah. Woo. Praise God. Well, we had a great healing service last night. Amen. Hallelujah. Fiery. Fiery. I like that word. Glory to God. All right. If you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Corinthians 4.20. 1 Corinthians 4.20. Hallelujah. We're on round two, coming against the devil. Amen. We got a powerful weekend here at Living Waters Chapel. 1 Corinthians 4.20. It's a very short verse, but man, it's power packed. Say power. Here we go. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Oh, I like that. Today I want to talk about the kingdom of God and more importantly, advancing the kingdom of God. Now, a few weeks back I talked about disrupting the flow of evil, right? Standing in the way and disrupting. We got to do that. But in the midst of that, we need to advance the kingdom of God. Amen? There is a reason why God has allowed our ministry, this church, all of you, to gain an influence in this area and in this region. Now is not the time to sit back and relax. The call of this ministry is great. Amen? It always has been. All the prophetic words that's gone out about this ministry. Uh, The work is great. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Amen? Men, fathers, husbands, where are you? Oh, come on, somebody. Men, fathers, husbands. By the way, happy Father's Day. (laughs) Slide that in there. Where are you? Many men, fathers, husbands. You have gone MIA, missing in action. You are AWOL, absent without leave. By the way, in the kingdom of God, there is no leave. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen to this. The word kingdom is defined as this. The domain or rulership of a king. The kingdom of God, then, is defined as this. God's kingly rule or wherever God rules. Where, or you could say it this way. Where God's will or desire is being fulfilled. That is the kingdom of God. Where get, oh, I love saying this. I love this. For some reason, I'm on this kick. Where God's divine order is being believed and carried out. Say divine order. We talked about divine order last night in the healing service. That when God's divine order comes into line, that's when miracles, signs, and wonders start to happen. Anything outside of that is disorder, and it cuts off the anointing. It cuts off the power of God. Amen? Now, you will only find two kingdoms uh, that operate on this earth, okay? Two kingdoms in the spiritual realm. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. That's it. There's no in-between. Only one of those kingdoms can be at work in a given place at one time, all right? It's God's will. Uh, it's God's will or desire. His, if God's will and desire is not being fulfilled... It's Satan's will. And I've said this before. Think about this. Even if it's your will, the will of man, Satan's cool with that. He just doesn't want the kingdom of God or God's desire being fulfilled. Amen? 
It's interesting, the devil, the number of, of the enemy of the Antichrist is 666. The number of what? Man. The will of man. The satanic Bible says, do what thou wilt. The word of God says, submit to the will of God. Amen. Are you following me? So Satan simply wants God's will or desire to be stopped, hindered, and or really he wants it stopped on this earth. By the way, there is no partnership between God and Satan. Contrary to some false religions, Jesus and Satan are not brothers. With, with how some family members act toward each other. Uh, come on, somebody. <laughs> but listen, they are absolute enemies. Our job as Christians is this. Are you ready? To dethrone Satan and the kingdom of darkness everywhere we go. So that God's kingdom, God's rule can be established. Here it is. In the lives of people personally and in physical locations. I said physical locations. Amen. God's kingdom is not present everywhere on this earth. I said God's kingdom is not present everywhere on this earth. Go with me to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. I want to show you something here. I'm talking about advancing the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is an amazing study to do from the word of God. Listen to this. And he, Jesus, said unto them, Assuredly, I say to you, that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see, underline it, see, the kingdom of God present with power. Jesus said that it is possible to see the kingdom of God present with power. What does that mean? It means this. There are noticeable characteristics in the natural realm of the kingdom of God. So if that's true, there must be noticeable things that you can see that are present when Satan's kingdom is in a place. Jesus said, Several times when he was healing and casting demons out, he said this, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. Now, he was kicking out the devil and everything associated with Satan's kingdom out so that God's will and desire can be enforced and accomplished. That's why I said the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan cannot be in the same place at the same time. They can't do it. One is ruling over the other at one time. Now, for a kingdom to operate and to be advanced, there must be unity among the agents that make up that kingdom. Everyone must do their part. Amen? That is why the enemy is always trying to sow division. Two visions. Die means two. Vision. Two visions. The enemy is always... See, there is power in unity. There is weakness in division, in two visions. Are you following me? The, the kingdom of darkness is always trying to do this, disrupt God's divine order. Here we're going back to the divine, God's divine order thing. 
So we know there are there is absolute unity among the Trinity, right? The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Godhead. There is absolute unity. There's unity among the Godhead. There's unity even among God's angels in the kingdom of God, right? All right, you're never, you're, at this point, you're not going to see two angels from God's kingdom fighting each other. But you, you, what you will see, what God might give you an insight on, is uh, an evil spirit fighting one of God's angels. Are you following me? Right? There was a battle. Remember, Daniel prayed for wisdom about a vision, and there was a battle in the heavenlies. Amen? So, where does that division come into play in the kingdom of God? We know it's not God's problem. We know it's not the angel's problem in the spiritual realm. Who can hinder the advancement of God's kingdom on this earth? The body of Christ, Christians. The enemy is always trying to sow division to disrupt God's divine order. The advancement of the kingdom of God. So take your finger like this and point it at yourself and say, you're talking about me. That's right. Okay. Why do we see so much evil taking place on this earth? Why does it seem like everywhere we look, Satan's kingdom is dominating much of society? Satan's kingdom is advanced because, number one, there is a lot of unity in the kingdom of Satan. There really is. There really is. Like I said last week, I mean, you look at the false religions and stuff. Man, there's a lot of unity in that. There's a lot of unity in the Mormons. There's a lot of unity in that Jehovah. Are you? But where does this division come in? Where does this... The enemy's trying to sow it within the body of Christ because he knows the power of unity among all of us. Number two, the lack of obedience of Christians to enforce God's kingdom. Look at Matthew 16, 19. Matthew 16, 19. I mean, think about this. I mean... The devil really has an easy job. Because us humans, before we come to Christ, we have the sin nature by default. By default, we fall into sin. So Satan really has an easy job. The Holy Ghost is the one trying to influence us to do the right thing. Satan can just sit back with the unbeliever and just watch him go. Watch him go. Wow, look at that sin. Whoa, he's advancing my kingdom. See, you actually have to do something and shift in the opposite direction to advance the kingdom of God. Now, Matthew 16, 19. Jesus said this, And I, Jesus, will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus was delegating his authority to his followers, to Christians. He was saying this. He was saying, your actions on this earth will determine the power that is released from heaven. Oh, listen to this. We are, you are a spiritual valve that determines how much of the power from heaven is released on earth. Say, I am a spiritual valve. Come on, somebody. Jesus was telling us that the advancement of the kingdom of God is our responsibility. And when we fulfill our part, heaven is right there to back us up. 
Man, when you look at that, it, it just really, it's mind-boggling when you think about it. He's given us the keys. Keys are no good unless you use them. Look at Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Very basic, popular passage, but we got to read it. We got to get focused. We got to get refocused. Amen? We are spiritual valves. Now, Matthew 28. 18 through 20. Listen to this. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. By the way, last night I talked about this, that when Jesus sent the 12 out, in Mark 3 I believe it is, when Jesus sent the 12 out, it says he gave them power. But that word power literally means authority. He gave them authority. One thing the 12 and the 70 did not have, one thing Jesus could not give was the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, we not only as Christians, this side of the cross, have authority right here, but we also have power. Say power. You got the Holy Ghost living in you. And if you've received the Holy Spirit baptism, you have power. So we have authority and power. So what's our excuse for living so low? What's our excuse that miracles, signs, and wonders aren't being manifested in our lives? Come on, somebody. Look at this. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Oh, so that must mean Jesus expects some things out of his people. Kind of gets rid of the cheap grace message, doesn't it? Just live how you want, right? Right? Oh, don't go to Living Waters. They're not an inclusive church. <laughs> Have anybody read that on the community, uh, Carol Community News page? Someone's on there saying, don't go there. You know, I see, you're, inc- I see uh, you're inclusive. You don't want to go to Living Waters because they're not inclusive. You're right. You're right. Now, if someone wants to come in here who's in bondage yes. to homosexuality, lesbianism, we will help them. We will set them free in the name of Jesus. But we will not accept sin. We love the sinner, but we hate the sin. Are you following me? And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, after Jesus said all authority has been given unto him, immediately he said he said to his disciples, his followers, he said, go. Don't wait. Go. Amen. And then he lists our responsibility. Number one, we're to make uh, disciples, not just believers. This is why we're seeing people fall away constantly. They're believers, but not disciples. Disciple means a disciplined one. So we're, we're, we're getting people saved, but we're not teaching them what Jesus commands and expects. Say, he expects some things. Amen. When Jesus walked this earth before his death, burial, and resurrection, he was advancing the kingdom of God. you agree with that? Amen. Amen. The word makes it clear that Jesus was our example, and we as Christians are to carry on with the same works. Go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We just got to get bold enough and start doing this. Amen. Don't expect miracles, signs, and wonders just to happen. You've got to get out among the people. You've got to start praying for people, right? 
Hallelujah. Then you'll start to see some things happen. You got to start sharing the word to them. Look at this. John 14, 12 through 14. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my father. Oh, my goodness. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Man, what a promise. That means all the promises that are contained in Christ, that are contained in the Word of God. He said, if you will ask, I will do it. Why? That means His will, His desires to manifest them more than you want to see them. See, this is why we're not seeing them. Ready? Because God's desire outweighs your desire. Think about that. God's desire. When your desire comes up and matches God's desire, that's when you're going to see it. Oh, my goodness. That wasn't even in my notes. That's free from the Holy Ghost right there. So we are called to carry on with the ministry that Jesus started. Preach and teach the gospel, heal the sick, and cast out demons. Now go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Whew, that was a powerful nugget. Thank you, Lord. See, here, oh, we're just not hungry enough. Many Christians are just not hungry enough to see the power of God. We're not hungry enough to see people set free. Why? Because we get into our own little religious bubble. Oh, oh, we got to go to church today. Oh, I'm tired, right? You know, one, one, one guy... One guy said to his wife, honey, I don't want to go to church today. She said, John, you got to. You're the pastor. (laughs) Oh, I love that one. So good. Hey, pastors are human too, right? (laughs) Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5. It says, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration, underline that word, in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Oh, that your, oh, I love this. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's the verse. When I sign my books and give them to people, that's the verse. Verses 4 and 5 is, I put 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. That is my verse right there. I love that. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Like we were talking about last night at the healing service. Our faith is not in anything in the natural realm. It's spiritual. Amen? And our trust is in God. So concerning the kingdom of God, you need to understand that it is not made up just of words or commands. It said it's made up of power. A demonstration of God's power. Now... What does that mean? What does that mean? That means that not necessarily, I mean, that, well, you could. I mean, you're going to see legs grow, arms grow. You could see that. But it could be just as simple as this. When you're speaking to someone, sharing the word, all of a sudden they start crying. They start, you can feel them getting drawn in. That's a demonstration of the power right there. Amen? The power of God is just as available today as it was back when the Bible was written. Come on, we are a continuation of the book of Acts. 
Think about that. Look at Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. I'm running you through the Word today. Mark chapter 1. Get a hold of that. Wow. When, When our desire matches God's desire, that's when fireworks kick off. That's when the power of God is revealed and demonstrated. Mark 1. 21 through 22, and it says this. Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. I love that. He taught one. So obviously the scribes back in their day, it was just all a philosophy. There was no conviction. There was no authority behind it. And Jesus comes along and he starts to preach the word with authority. Why? With boldness. Because he had the Holy Spirit on him. Come on, somebody. And people sensed it. Come on. You can sense when someone's preaching the word with the authority of the Holy Ghost behind it. You can feel it. You're moved. You're engaged. You're not falling asleep. You in the back? Okay. Amen. Jesus proclaimed the word of God in power because he was anointed and baptized with the Holy Spirit. I'm convinced the missing key is being led by the Holy Spirit. If you're led by the Holy Spirit, you're going to make an impact everywhere you go. When Jesus was baptized in water, the Holy Spirit, it says, came upon him like a dove. Now, the Holy Spirit is not a dove. It came upon him like a dove. Gently it came. Amen? And in Luke 4.18, uh, Jesus said this, The Spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me. See, as Holy Ghost baptized Christians, we not only have the Holy Spirit within, we have the Holy Spirit upon. Come on, somebody. Jesus did not do one miracle, not one sign and wonder until the Holy Spirit came upon him. You understand that? Listen, if you've received the Holy Spirit baptism... You qualify to be a miracle worker. Think about that. Hallelujah. You qualify for the gifts of the Holy Ghost to operate through you. I want to encourage every Christian listening to me. Do not compromise the Word of God. Do not back down. Do not water the gospel message down. Because there's power in it. Amen? I don't care when the world is coming against you. You stand strong and be bold and keep preaching the Word. Someone on that library video, when I was chewing him out, someone said, some unbeliever said, well, I was with him until he started talking about that invisible being. But what he doesn't understand is, is that the power to change their hearts is in the word. The power, oh, come on, somebody. The power to change people is in the spoken word. We have to speak the word. So whatever you're involved, whatever you're, you're, you're doing when you're advancing the kingdom of God, do not water down the word of God. Amen. That's wisdom of men, the seeker-sensitive message. Oh, I better take this out. I'm going to offend them. That is the wisdom of men. But our faith does not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. Amen? Amen. Now, there is a great divide within the body of Christ that separates many churches and Christians that are bold to walk in and proclaim the power of God 
is, you know what that one thing is? The Holy Spirit baptism. I mean, there is a dividing wall, man. I mean, you can feel it. It is a line that's very noticeable. Most Christians who don't believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit as a second experience, those are the ones that are tacking on, if it be thy will, to a healing, to a promise in the Word of God. No, if your Holy Ghost baptized, you know the will of God. Come on, somebody. And you have the witness of the Holy Ghost. Amen? But many of those brothers and sisters in the Lord, they ignore the de- ignore demons and the devil. They sure won't preach about it from the pulpit. It needs to be spoken. Why? Because you need power yes. to come up against that stuff. Yes. And, and oh, the whole, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost led Jesus into a confrontation with Satan. When you have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is going to give you boldness to confront the enemy. If you're backing away from, from confronting evil, you're not being led by the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Many of those individuals think that miracles and spiritual gifts are no longer for today. Come on, we all know them. They say it is that, that it, you know, no, no, this is how they cover their unbelief with it, okay? They say, well, it's possible for you to operate in them. But when you tell them you do operate in them, they always downplay. Are you following me? Oh, no. Well, I guess it's, you know, I, I guess someone could have the gift of tongues. And then you tell them, well, I speak in tongues. No, you don't. Right? So it's always a downplay of the things of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, some churches, they never give people an opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. I think that's terrible. Now, I mean, you know, how many people have died and went to hell because maybe they went to church one time and the leaders never gave an opportunity to receive Jesus? That's horrible, you know? That's why we do an altar call, an invitation after the preached word, because the preached word is being sown into their heart. Are you following me? Uh, so we don't want to give Satan an opportunity to steal the seed that was planted. Now, we are giving people an opportunity to respond to the message. I love that. I love that. Um, you know, if the Christian life and the Word of God seem boring to you, you are neglecting the one that packs the Word of God with power. You're neglecting the author of the Word of God, and that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Now, um... You know, if, if the Holy... I, let me say this. I, I know I, I take some flack saying this sometimes, but it's true. Because I'm not just preaching to people. I'm preaching to leaders, too. If you're falling asleep in your church, find a new church. Find a new church. Because the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. There needs to be power in that place. And if there's power in that place, you're going to want to stay awake. Amen? If the power of God is nowhere to be found in that church you attend, you're being shortchanged because God's will or desire is that His power is manifested. And we are the spiritual valves who release it. It starts from the head down. Amen? It must be prayed for, desired, and released. Jesus said these words. I love it. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. 
You could say it this way and do no injustice. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give unto you the power of the kingdom. Fear not, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to heal you. Fear not, little flock, it's your Father's good pleasure to give you everything you need. Come on, fill in the blank, amen? If the enemy can't feed you with total hearsay, a heresy, he will settle for Christians leaving out truths in the Word of God. See, he knows that with some of you, he can't, he can't convince you that Jesus is fake. He can't convince you that Jesus is a fairy tale. But what he'll do is he'll try to convince you and throw doubt in your mind about the promises in the Word of God. Are you following me? He will simply, he will take and simply pervert or twist the truth. We talked last night in the healing service. I said these words. I said, have you ever noticed when the enemy comes to attack you, it's always, he's always illuminate or blowing something up to you in the natural realm. He never comes to you with the truth from the word. But if he does bring up something from the word, sure thing, he's trying to twist it. He's trying to pervert it. Amen? All right? So, um, go to Mark 16. Mark 16. There needs to be power in our local churches. Amen? We need the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not suggesting we're the only ones in the area that have that. I'm not saying that. But I think we're one of the best kept secrets in the area. I'll tell you that much. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mark 16, 15 through 18. And he, Jesus, said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Wow. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, meaning if they're in motion of preaching the gospel and someone tries to poison them, that they're going to be protected. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So preaching the gospel, according to Jesus, not James, according to Jesus, these, these signs should be following you. Amen. A sign is a confirmation of a message. Meaning this. So if those are signs, that must mean when we're preaching the gospel, we must, he must be expecting us to preach about these things. Amen? The gospel message then must contain these things if they're going to follow you. In fact, I haven't seen a minister yet who is casting out devils that wasn't preaching about it. I haven't seen healing miracles follow a minister that didn't believe healing was for today. Are you following me? So we're supposed to preach it, and then God will confirm your word. Confirmation. You make a hotel reservation, they give you a confirmation number. It means that you made the reservation and they're confirming it. So when you preach the word, God's confirming his spoken word. Are you following me? It's a confirmation. Say confirmation. 
Now, turn to Mark chapter 1, 14 and 15. Mark 1, 14 and 15. This is the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, okay? And it says these words, Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So Jesus was preaching the gospel. The word gospel means good news. All right? He was preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. The the gospel or good news of the kingdom of God uh, contains freedom from sin. It contains freedom from sickness and disease, from curses, from bondage, from demonic spirits. That's why when he was casting out devils, he said, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. Amen? The kingdom of God is not being fully proclaimed unless you are covering all the points of the gospel. Say full gospel. I'm not part gospel. Full gospel needs to be proclaimed. Amen? A lot of people say, well, you know, most everyone's heard the, heard the, the gospel, right? No, they've gotten a load of a lot of religion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they've gotten a load of religion, a lot of sewer religion, amen? They really haven't, a lot of them have not heard the true gospel, amen? So we are not truly fulfilling the great commission if we don't follow the example that Jesus left us and proclaim and teach The complete Word of God. Amen? The Bible says the Word of God is settled forever in heaven. My question is this. Is it settled in you? It's settled in heaven. No question. But notice it doesn't say it's settled on earth. Why? Because you're the valve. Is it settled in your own heart? Has it found a home in your heart? Do you believe all of it or just some of it? Do you you live by all of it or just some of it? Do you understand that it's our responsibility to take hold of the power of God and manifest it on this earth? We as Christians are the ones that are commissioned. We're commissioned to advance the kingdom of God. Think about that. When the military commissions an officer, come on somebody. They're saying, I'm giving you the right, the authority to act on behalf of Of the whole military. Well, Jesus is commissioning us as soldiers for Christ. And we have all of heaven backing us up. We have nothing to fear. Amen? Amen. Let me ask you this, Christians. Where do you stand with the Holy Spirit? Have you quenched and grieved Him in your life? Are you content where you're at? Or are you desperate for more of His power in your life? If you're content... I will assure you right now, you will not go any further than where you are right now. And you need to know this. It's my responsibility as a pastor to tell you that you are hindering the kingdom of God from moving forward. You can listen to this. The Holy Spirit said this. He said you can only move something with force and momentum. You can only move something. See, I can come up to this pulpit And just stand by it. And I'm not moving it. But if I do this, put a force on it, it's being moved. So we need to put some pressure. We need to put some force on the kingdom of darkness to push them out of the way. That's why with this library junk, we need to keep putting force. We need to keep speaking up. 
and tell them this is not normal. That's disorder. And we need to say that is not normal. That's what the government, that's what the government, this evil government in this country, in this state of Michigan and all around the country, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get us to, they want us to be desensitized. That's what they're trying to do. Where it just, it's normal. Well, here they go again. No, we need Christians to rise up and say, this is wrong. It's wrong to show pornography to children in our public library. I don't want my taxpaying money to go toward that. Do you? Absolutely not. So Christians, you need to rise up and you need to let your voice be heard. Amen. So, you, yeah, one of them did resign. Hopefully the others will follow. That'd be great. That'd be great. They, yeah, they either have a change of heart or resign. Get out of there. You want to know why? You want to know why they need to resign? They made the ultimate mistake in leadership. You ready for this? Failing to protect the most innocent in our society. That's why. Listen, we know people make mistakes in life, right? That one's unforgivable as a leader. There's something wrong. They need to resign and they need to get counseling for letting books in the library like that. No, no. They need deliverance. They need to get saved and they need demons cast out of them. Because only a demon would influence someone to think that that trash is okay. And now this isn't just... Those watching online, this isn't just in Carroll, Michigan. This is all over the country. This Biden administration, they're trying to, they're they're really putting some perversion into this country. And we need to rise up and stand against it and let our voices be heard. Amen? So we need to be a promoter of God's kingdom and not a hindrance. Now, go to Romans 14, 17. Romans 14, 17. Romans 14, 17. I mean, think about it. If you had someone to watch, you you hired a babysitter to watch your kids, and they let your kids look at that stuff. Would you ever hire them back? That's why they need to go. Amen? Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Sorry for all you potluckers. <laughs> right? People, people think the kingdom of God at church is just having potluck dinners. Everyone was so quiet. Did you think I said another word or something? After I said it, I'm like, did they misunderstand me? I'm talking about potluck dinners downstairs. Get your, I don't know. (laughs) Everyone got really quiet on that one. How do you recover? Here we go. Listen to this. So the kingdom of God is always associated with power. Say power. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is awesome because when the kingdom of God is present in a person, is present in a place, here's the evidence. Ready? 
There is righteousness, there is peace, and there is joy. That is the fruit of the kingdom of God. Why? Listen to this. Righteousness. Do you want to know what righteousness is? Righteousness means this, that there is God's divine order in your life. Unrighteousness is disorder from what God's will and plan is for your life and us as humans. Amen? That is why sickness, disease, and bondage does not pass that test. The kingdom of God overtakes sickness, overtakes disease, and overtakes bondage. That's why Jesus said, the kingdom of God has come nigh on to those who are healed and those who are delivered from demons and bondage. Because the fruit of the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. Say righteousness, Righteousness. peace, Peace. and joy. I have not, listen to this, I have not met a person yet that was overwhelmed with joy because they had a sickness or a disease in their body. Have you? Why? Because that's the kingdom of darkness in their body, trying to put death in them. Now, have you ever noticed someone who got healed? That it was a restoration, I mean, just such joy and peace on the inside. They had to tell everyone there's such a joy in them. Why? Because the kingdom of God displaced that sickness or disease or bondage. I love that. Matthew 11, Matthew 11, 12. I'm almost done. Hang in there. You potluckers. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, wow. Okay. Matthew 11. <laughs> I like humor. I like it. I do. I'm sorry. If you hang out with me outside the church, I, my humor runs wild. Those at the library wouldn't know that, but... Oh, hallelujah. Always had a good sense of humor. I'm proud of it. Now, here we go. Matthew 11:12. Look at this. It says, and from the, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by what? Underline it. Force. You need force to push the kingdom of darkness out of the way. It takes boldness. It takes force. It takes being led by the Holy Spirit. The force that Jesus is talking about is authority and power of the kingdom of God. We need to be committed and bold to advance the kingdom of God. You need to get to the point in your Christian walk when the word of God goes from head knowledge down to heart knowledge. That's really what it takes. That's when the the hunger and thirst for righteousness will start to take off. True faith always comes from the heart. True faith will always produce an action in the life of a true disciple of Jesus Christ. The Word of God and the Holy Spirit will always get you to move. Amen? As a soldier for Christ, the army of God on this earth, let's walk together and be in unity to advance the kingdom of God. Let's put an end to the plan and strategy of the enemy in this region and around the world to hinder the advancement of the kingdom of God on this earth. And let's restore God's divine order. Let's get busy and carry on with the work of Jesus Christ on this earth. Let's walk in our authority. Let's walk in power of the Holy Ghost. And let's continue to do what Jesus did. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Do what Jesus did. I like that. Say that with me. Do what Jesus did. Hallelujah. That's what we're supposed to do. 
continue on with his ministry. Now, maybe there's someone in this place you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. The Word of God says today is the day of salvation. Do not leave. Do not leave this building without making Him Lord of your life because you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. Amen? You don't know, and it's too big of a gamble. If you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, come on down. Prayer team, come on down to the altar. If you want to make Jesus Lord of your life today, you can never say, you will never say on Judgment Day, Pastor James never gave me an opportunity to get born again. Now, maybe there's someone in here, and this is probably more true than the first one. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You've fallen away. You've lost the fire of the Holy Spirit in your life. You've gotten entangled in the world. You've gotten entangled in sin. Today, rededicate your life to the Lord. Let's restore the roar. Come on, somebody. Let's restore the roar. Let's restore and rekindle that fire. Let the prayer team fan the flame on the inside of you. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, come on down to this altar. It's powerful. And and I'm telling you, your life will be changed. All, All you need is an open heart, an open heart to receive. Amen? Believe it's that simple. Is it really that simple? Yes, it's that simple. Maybe you need prayer for something else. Maybe you need prayer for healing. You weren't here last night. Whatever, you want to pray for a family member. They'll stay and we'll stay as long as you need. Amen. Now, a couple of announcements. You'll see um, today's the last day for that bottle drive for positive alternatives. There's a few empty bottles back there. You know what? Throw in a couple bucks or something. Let's not leave those empty back there. Because positive alternatives, they are a blessing. They are helping many single women and babies. Amen. So we want to continue to be a huge promoter of that ministry there. So if you could stop by, just fill up the rest. There's only a few left. Um, Also, this Friday, we're having a worship night at 7 p.m. Basically, there's going to be a list of songs. We're pushing play, dimming the lights, and you're just going to praise and worship the Lord and get in the presence of God. Amen? It's kind of like our soaking prayer night is is what it's going to be. Um, Okay. Well, everyone, thank you. Visitors, thank you for coming. Have a great week. Uh, Grab a paper in the back. We got lots of things going on. We got things going all week long. I love you all. Thanks so much for coming. Yes, yes. Who said that? Someone have something? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.